0: Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. I hope you are staying connected to God's Word because without a connection to God's Word, you will not have any grace in your life. Well, let's jump into Proverbs chapter 7 today, and it is hard to believe that we've already been at this for a week. You know, let me know if you have made it a weekend and you've listened to every single episode so far. Go ahead and put a comment in. Uh, here and just just let me know that you've uh, been listening and I, I assume if you've listened for a week, you you must not think it's too terrible, so that's kind of good. But let's jump into Proverbs chapter 7. It starts this way. It says this, "My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live in my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on the fingers uh, on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call understanding your nearest kin, that you, excuse me, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress, who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through the lattice, and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near the corner. And he took the path to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face she said unto him, I have peace offerings with me today. I have paid my vows." So I came to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of stocks, till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to my words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has cast down many down many wounded, and all were slain by her with strong, were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending into the chambers of death. All right, well, this starts off pretty interesting. It starts off with an exhortation here, really in verses one through four. It gives us several exhortations that I want us to see and these these exhortations are are really some exhortations that are going to help you no matter what sin you struggle with. Now of course, it, it specifically points out the sin of sexual morality and we're going to get into that. but but these principles really apply when it comes to any sin uh, that you might be struggling with in your life and it says this. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your finger. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding your nearest kin. So it starts off and it says this. Keep my words. Keep my words. So, so what does this mean? It means that when it comes to God's Word, when you hear God's Word, whether that's at church, whether you're reading your Bible, whether it's that you're listening to this podcast, what, no matter what it might be, you should not take God's Word as in one ear and out the other. Now, we, we've all had moments and times like this what when it is something, whether it's selective hearing or whether it's just I'm going to disregard that or whatever it might be, that we have... Heard something in one ear, but pretty soon it just went right out the other. We didn't keep my or keep the words that were given to us. Either we didn't pay any attention to them or we completely disregarded them. But that is not how we are to treat the instruction that we receive specifically from the people whom God places in authority in our life. And this is not how we are to receive God's word. We are to hear God's word. And then we are to keep God's Word. In fact, James tells us that we are not to be a hearer only, but a doer also. Jesus says that he likens a wise man to one who hears his Word and does it, and then a foolish man who hears his Word, he still does hear God's Word, and then he doesn't do it. You know, so many times I think that we think that we're wise simply because we hear God's Word, but Jesus says the opposite. He he, he doesn't say quite the opposite, but he says, he goes and he says, look, just because you hear my word doesn't make you wise. You're not wise until you apply it to your life. And he says, the person who hears his word and does it, he is like a, a, a person who builds his house on the rock. And when the rain comes and the floods come up, that his house stands firm. He's got a good foundation. But then he says this also, those who still hear his word and they do not do it, then He likens him to a fool who builds his house on the sand. The rains come down, the floods come up, and the house goes splat. We think about that. There's an implication here that Jesus makes. And and now if you're, you're listening to this, I mean, chances are you probably do hear God's word. But there's an implication here that Jesus makes. He says, There's a wise man, there's a foolish man, but then, of course, there's somebody who chooses not to hear God's Word. That's somebody who would be even worse than a fool, right? They choose not to go to a place where they can hear God's Word. You need to put yourself in a position where you hear God's Word, but that doesn't make you wise, that just makes it so that you can at least be a fool and not worse than a fool. You're not wise until you start to put that Word that you hear from God into practice. The second thing it says, though, is treasure my commands. Treasure my commands. You know, what do you treasure in your life? What do you treasure in your life? Now, we have a dog. Now, this dog, his name is, is Russell, and I'm not particularly fond of, of animals uh, or of Russell, for that matter. But but there is a good story that Russell has that gives us a good illustration of what it means to treasure something. You see, one day I remember specifically going and finding this rock on our floor. I thought, this is weird. Why would we have this rock on our floor? You know, this is before kids. When well, Once you get kids, you get all kinds of stuff that you get brought into your house. But this is before kids. And, and we were going, why in the world is this rock? So I took the rock and I go and I just throw it out our back door into the backyard. You know, just get rid of that. Toss that thing out. Well, the next day I go and I look and I go, my goodness, that looks like the exact same rock rock huh no it couldn't be so I go and I take it and I throw it out once again well the next day I find the rock again and I realize that our dog had been going around carrying around this rock and every time I'd go and throw it out into the backyard he would go and find this rock and would go and bring it back inside that's the idea of treasuring something he would go and diligently search for it. He would go and make sure he knew where it was. He would go and carry it around with him, and he would go, of course, and bring it into the place where he was staying. I'm not going to say it was his house, but, but he would go and bring it into the house. And that's how you need to go and treasure things in your life. And specifically, we need to treasure God's commands this way. You know, when you read God's Word, when you hear God's Word, do do you treasure the commands that you hear? Is this something that you're willing to go and to diligently search for, to diligently go and to find, and then to go and to put it in your house, bring it into your home and know where it is so that you can find that command, so that you can go and put that command in in your, your inner being where you live, even. Do you treasure God's commands in that way? We need to. The third thing is, is to bind them on your fingers. And this is the idea of, it's a constant reminder. It's a constant reminder. Do you set things in your life so that there is a constant reminder? Maybe it's carrying something around in your pocket. But but is it God's word that you keep as a constant reminder in your life? remembering his words, remembering his commandments. The next one is, is to write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, when I think about this idea of writing, and, and any time I think about writing now, I can't help but think of my wife, Sarah. She's she's gotten really into cler- clerig- uh, can't say it, writing nice, cler- man, I, I can't talk here. Somebody will have to say that word for me right next time. But I remember when she told me that she wanted to do this. She said, look, I, I want to get into it. I'm not going to try that word again. I've already tried twice and failed. So third time, it might be the charm, but it might just be a confirming. I can't say it. So we're going to stay away from it. But but she came and she she told me, look, I, I, I really want to do this. And I have found this this class I'm going to go and take. And I and I want to go and really practice on this. And I remember thinking, well, that's kind of cool. It'd be cool to have good handwriting, I guess. You, you know, sure, go for it. Well, she really went for it and she really, really put her time into it and mastered that craft and, and, and she would go and write and write and write and she would learn every single stroke that she needed to do she would go and, and practice different kinds of strokes with, with with that with from different kinds of pens and doing all of this research and now she, she writes beautiful beautiful things on signs and and, and, and all kinds of different things she, she has people asking her to write stuff and, and it is beautiful. Well, this is the kind of care that we should take when it comes to writing it on the tablet of our heart. You know, the tablet it's talking about, isn't an electronic tablet here. It would be like a stone tablet. And so it is literally etched into our heart. And of course, we don't want to go into to make a mistake when we do that, but we want to go into to have it be careful. We want to make sure every little part of that letter is exactly where it's supposed to be so that we can see it, so that we can understand it, so that we can remember it, so that there's no question, so it doesn't look like my handwriting when you go and look at it and say, wait—is that a four, a nine, or some kind of a letter? Is that it, what is that? You know, that's what it looks like when I write. But but we want it to be clear and understandable, written into our hearts, our inner being. We want it etched into our inner being, God's commands. Do you have God's commands etched into your life, into your heart, into your inner being? I hope you do. But these are the general exhortations, these four principles, and really we could go into a, a, a fifth one of, of keeping wisdom and understanding near to us. But, but I really think these four principles here really get to the heart of it. And then... Solomon goes and he tells the story of him looking out over a lattice, out his window, and going and seeing a young man who is devoid of understanding. He's not applying these four principles. And, of course, he goes and he falls into sexual immorality and it ends up, at the end of the day, costing him his life. We need to understand just a couple things about sexual immorality. First of all, you need to understand that sometimes sin comes for you. There was this, this young lady who, yeah, sure, he went uh, kind of walking out and about and seems like he was wandering in the wrong place, but she came and seduced him in the story. She came after him and she had gone and prepared these things for him. I need to understand something. Sometimes sin comes for you, too. Sometimes sin will be coming for you, and so you have to be ready to combat sin. Well, how are you? can you be ready to combat sin? Well, it takes wisdom, and specifically, it takes these four principles that we were just talking about, and you need to be practicing them in your life. You know, it's too late when temptation comes your way to all of a sudden go, oh, what were those four things Pastor Sam said? What were those four things that I was supposed to go and do? Oh, I don't remember. No, you need to practice them when you don't see sin on the horizon, so that when it does sneak up on you, when it does try to seduce you, you're ready to combat it. You need to be practicing these things at all times. The second thing that I really want you to see here about this is that sin is costly. It costs the young man his life in the story. And ultimately, we do know that the price of sin is death. It tells us that in Romans 6.23, for the wages The price that we get of sin is death. Even if we go and look back in the Old Testament, we see that price because of every sacrifice that was made in the Old Testament, every single one, every single burnt offering, it was telling a story. It was saying that sin demands a price, and that price is the life of something. And of course ultimately Jesus Christ made the once and for all sacrifice taking my place taking your place upon the cross being the propitiation the sacrifice the substitute for us on the cross paying the price for our sins Isn't that amazing But I want you to remember that sin cost more than it seems there's a lot of hidden fees when it comes to sin. It's 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 like a, a a cell phone bill, you know, with all those hidden fees there that you didn't realize about. But the thing is also about sin is that it never satisfies. Sin never satisfies. It may sound fun in the moment, but it's not fun. Ultimately, it's miserable. It does not satisfy you. It leaves you lacking. It leaves you wanting. It doesn't do it. It falls short. It's a passing pleasure. So stay away from it. Ultimately, the way to be ready for sin and especially sexual morality is by keeping God's Word, treasuring God's commands, constantly reminding ourselves of God's Word, and writing God's commands on the tablet of our heart. Are you doing those four things today? Are you keeping God's Word, not just hearing it, but applying it to your life? Are you treasuring God's commands? Are you going out and searching for His commands? What does He say about the subject? And bringing that back into your home, just like our dog went and found that rock and brought it back. Are you constantly reminding yourself of God's Word? Are you keeping it near and close to you? You know, when somebody walks into your house, they ought to be able to find a Bible. If you walk into our house, you'll be able to find 10 Bibles, probably. But you should at least have somebody, when somebody walks into your home, they ought to be able to find a Bible because you ought to keep that near to you. And lastly, are you writing God's commands on the tablet of your heart? Are you etching that into your heart, making a permanent writing, carefully putting it into your heart? Or are you flipping about it? Have you not given much thought about really putting God's commands into your inner being. If you do those four things, you're going to keep sin away from you, and you're going to be ready for when sin does come after you. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There are troubles and struggles we've all had to wrestle, and we pray because it's all we can do. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes He leads us, waiting his hand to move Oh but even In darkness we hold To the promise there's Nothing we can't overcome